Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's that rebel music. 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 It's that rebel. It's that rebel. It's that rebel music. Look at the reveal 2020. Weak ass niggas done fucked up plenty. Land Sharks After Dark back with you after a bit of a delay. It's been a little bit more than a week since we talked. We took our bye weekend off and enjoyed not having to watch Ole Miss play a close game with an inferior opponent. At least I did. John Stefanzik, how was your bye week weekend? It was good. I had act, you know, I said that I thought State can make that a make that oh, a game. Buddy. And then uh, you know, the first cut for the first quarter it was like, yeah, and then just Cyrus Jones returns the punt and that reality came. Yeah, that, that one hurt. And yeah. those those two Henry runs were brutal, man. Like, man, I don't know how state I, Man, it was almost like that Auburn player running away from Fournette. Like I felt like State's corners had no interest in chasing Henry down. They're like, no. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get two steps behind him and just kind of jog until he gets to the end zone. Like they, they didn't even try it, man. I mean, I, I understand because Henry is a scary dude, but at the same time, Ole Miss never is letting him got loose like that. Like he's not that fast. Like you just have to, you just have to swarm him. That's how you get backs like that down. He's a little bit. He's quicker this year, though. I give him a lot of credit. I think he's well. Well, it's like we talked about. He, if if you give him enough time to get up to speed, he's not slow. But it takes him three or four steps to get. He's, the top he's speed. gotten a lot better at the get up to speed part, and I think the lot. Yeah, he's gotten shiftier enough to where he then becomes a, a shifty enough version of a of a bulldozer running at you. And I tell you, watching State get pummeled. And then watching Arkansas go thump LSU, yeah, the Arkansas loss hurts much more now than it did when it happened. When it happened, it was like this team gave up 600 yards. They when it happened, I think they, it was more of an indictment on Ole Miss, and now it's looking now more it's like, like they they we, could, we had a chance to beat a really good team and we it slipped away. Exactly, because then because LSU has been exposed, which we all ask ourselves that question all year. And I mean, finally... imagine if if we had stopped Brandon Allen, that two point conversion, get the overtime win. Right now, we're looking at a beat up LSU team uh, and a state team that just got demoralized by Bama, probably about to lose in Fayetteville. Oh, okay. That's on the way to Atlanta, really. So yeah, basically, if we went out, Ole Miss was one two point conversion away from Atlanta. The Marquise Haynes face mask on the first two point conversion. For whatever reason, the fourth and twenty five play that's just one, that's just a random play that happens. The face mask on Haynes, and I'm not blaming Haynes at all. I mean, he just, he he mauled him, just yeah, completely he's, blew he's it talked up. Talked about it this week a little bit, and so that that yeah. that's the play that I just. Uh, if you ask me to, you know, what do you what 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 will you remember from the 2015 season? That face mask. I mean, and how well that I've, I've that never that really and Chad it. I, I refuse. That Chad, and Chad was awesome, man. Chad's awesome. That's pretty much. I mean, that's the moment. So, um, but obviously, uh, if you follow Ole Miss, you know that there is a pretty big story developing. Ole Miss's leading tackler, former All SEC freshman All American linebacker Denzel Kimdichie, obviously older brother of Robert Kimdichie. 
um, is hospitalized right now in Oxford. Uh, pretty much all we know is he missed a team meeting on Sunday. Um, and at, at this point in the story, the verbiage that's been used becomes important, in my opinion. Um, apparently, he was quote-unquote found on Monday. Um, and they said later that he was now conscious in the hospital. So from that, I take uh, he was found by himself, unconscious, um, admitted to the ICU. By a lot of accounts, uh, his conditions improved. He's doing better now, but still very serious. Um, there's been a lot of rumors going around, John. Uh, it, it appears, uh, you know, I don't want to jump to conclusions. I don't want to, you know, say anything bad about Denzel that's not warranted. But most signs at this point, most rumors as well, point towards an overdose or some sort of an adverse reaction to a drug. Um, you know, it could be a lot of different things. You hear spice, you hear cocaine. My first thought was pain pills. That's really not important. What is important uh, to me, in my in my opinion, um, is that Denzel has some problems need to be addressed. I hope that he can get the help that he needs. It's very sad that he's not going to be able to be in the vault for his senior day. He's been a four-year starter. Really been a big contributor over the years, even though the last two seasons he's battled some injuries. Um, but he's he's done a lot for Ole Miss, and uh, I think it's it's really sad that he's not going to be able to play on Saturday. What have you taken away from this, John? And obviously, what kind of impact is this going to have on the game? First of all, hope from – Throw the football part of this aside. Hope that Denzel yes. gets the help he needs. Um, it, it, it's ninety nine percent sure it's some kind of overdose. There's been a pattern. He's Denzel's had numerous off the field issues mm-hmm. and patterns of behavior that lead to this. Hopefully, he can and his fan condolences his family. Um, I wonder what Robert's thinking right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that what's interesting is that he goes. I mean, the fact that they went a day without fi- fi- finding yeah, that, Denzel. That to me, blew my mind. What, what is what? And this, this we don't probably want to get into this too deep. But what is the dynamic between Denzel and Robert at this point? With Robert, you know, essentially he's approaching the draft, and there's if, there's some scuttlebutt if you read that scouts are worried about Denzel being an off the field distraction for Robert and that hurting his draft stock. And then this incident happens. So that I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get into that deeper later. So that the, the the Robert aspect of this kind of is interesting to speculate on. But we'll we'll set that aside. Let's 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 talk about it. my initial reaction. When I heard this was here's Denzel and another another screw up. But if you really think about it, it it's really kind of one of the more tra- some ways tragic. Legacies because he he comes he's a his whole story if you think about his five years in in Oxford Mm -hmm. he was a late qualifier did not sign on uh, in February of twenty was it twenty eleven yeah he was a late qualifier Mike Marcuson found him almost by accident um, visiting on a recruiting visit Um, real recognized he had a chance to qualify signed him also i mean part of it was because robert was they knew everybody knew who robert was but but also because i thought denzel looked at him on tape and said he's undersized but he's an explosive player comes to oxford he's red-shirted um nuts and competent staff tried to play him at safety which he wasn't really suited for right. um didn't he's, not, even, he's not he's not great in pass coverage th- didn't even watch the egg bowl his uh red shirt year. right he was he wanted to get out he was leaving was that was essentially everything but gone. Um, Freeze comes, he ends up just staying, emerges as the face of the team in twenty twelve. Yeah, absolutely, he's the emotional leader. He led the team in forced fumbles, tackles, tackles for loss. He had three interceptions. It was a huge season. 
And and ninety percent of that was merit, and the other ten was because is because of how because Robert obviously being a senior was a big. It's true. It's true. That was a big story. But that season, he was making plays. Like like I said, freshman All American, All SEC. Denzel was a playmaker. Yes, and that was a team that that needed playmakers, and he stepped up big time. He's uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, Ole Miss does not get Robert Kimdichie without Denzel on the roster. I mean, that's the most. I know it's an incredibly obvious statement. Let's just make sure. Right, but it it maybe should be said. Yeah. So Robert doesn't come. Tunzel's not coming. Well, I mean, does Tread maybe Treadwell and Tunzel? I don't think so. I think they all had to come together. I think Robert was the nuclei of that class. I agree completely. He was privately committed for several months. Everybody knew where he was going. There were recruits near. Everybody knew where he was going, and they said, "Okay, if he's going there, I can play with him, and we can build this." Versus, I can't do this on my own. I need some. But we go as a team. We can. You know, be a group that comes in, redefines legacies, and so on and so forth. So Denzel's basically without Denzel, none of the 2013 class happens. Now we've gotten on that class depth-wise in terms of number of contributors, but regardless of that, in ter- from on the from national perception on the recruiting trail, Ole Miss has benefited more than they could have ever possibly imagine from that recruiting class. Now they're, I mean, they could they could be signing another top five class this year. They have Shea Patterson committed. Nobody bats an eye at that or says, oh, what is going on in Oxford? It's like, no, this is, I mean, this is Ole Miss. They're a legitimate force on their recruiting trail. Right, I mean, and, and Freeze is known at this point because of that class largely. As a being, recruiter. Right, that's that's his strong suit. In a solid code, I mean, the on-the-field stuff. He did. He hadn't really gotten hammered for the, I mean, not, I mean, he hadn't been known as a, ch- I mean, the message board, you read message boards again for November, but I, I think the November thing's somewhat overblown. First of all, uh, the first two years is depth. Well, Last year, also, Trebwell, also, right? Go on, Trebwell. Heart of the team is out. Bo Wallace is pretty much hobbled and and ineffective by the end of the season. Only had one playmaker left. But I mean, I think this season, the losses, none of them you can point to. I don't think, uh, like last year's LSU game. Like I don't see any losses this year where Freeze's coaching is really the reason that Ole Miss lost the game. I thought so. So you, so you have forgotten Memphis. No, I know. I'm thinking about Memphis. Honestly, man, I give credit to Memphis for winning that game. I know it's popular among Ole Miss fans to want to bitch and blame ourselves for it, and we can and we that should. Second quarter was atrocious game, man. But but that but aside I, the that's, point, that's fine. But uh, it, we were flat emotionally, and Memphis was the opposite of flat emotionally, and they played a great game. And their their defense played above their heads the entire game. I think you got to give them some credit. I, I agree with that. So I'll, I'll circle back to that after I circle back to the Denzel, the, to the Denzel chronology, chronology, chronology. Right. He he. Well, some people think you know. Yeah. I think Denzel and maybe Bo, the two of them, like they, they're probably the two most important recruits in the Absolutely. Freeze era. And Denzel wasn't actually a Freeze recruit, but those two guys. They're the two most important player. Well, right. They Bo's made the program. Recruit, and Denzel's the most important guy. But, well, he, that, that well he effectively recruited him to stay. So right. You call it That's true. Week. That's true. Um, so Denzel, first game 2013 in Nashville. Uh, tears is a MCL or meniscus, basically misses a month. He comes back. He's not 100%. Uh, same situation Tony Connors announced it happened in game one, more or less. Maybe not the exact same injury, but you get the point. So he's ineffective um, or basically um, has off-field distractions. Did he and Sedarius get arrested during the spring of 14? Is that right? Yeah. I th- yeah. yeah. 
That's right. So he he uh, was arrested. He and Sedaris Bryant arrested in the spring of 2014 because uh, Denzel missed the Pete, the Chick Fil A opener against Boise mm-hmm. as a result of that. Mm-hmm. So Sedaris did not. So de- essentially, we've seen that Denzel and if you he, if you know people in Oxford and listen to enough rumors, you can tell there's some smoke to the fire as far as off the field problems and concerns. So so. He comes back, plays solid. Once he, he he essentially refocuses, plays solid in 2014. Not not the spectacular playmaker that he was in in 12, but a contributor. And really, I mean, I can't think of anything in the past year with Denzel, but but he never, but he's never gotten back to. He's never been the playmaker he was his freshman year. There's part of that I think is just size limitations and teams figure out how to scheme him. And part of that is, is he distracted off the field and so on and so forth. So it's really just been kind of this decline since the – I mean, Denzel's peak was the end of 2012 season. They win the Birmingham Bowl, and then they get signed Robert. And essentially, really, I mean, I guess it was spring of 13 when the uh, – well, the after the K.A. House lawsuit, the alleged incident that right. has gone away – um, since since that alleged incident occurred, it has been downhill for. It's basically essentially been a decline for Denzel, and it's it's sad because because what we just said he's arguably he's one of the two most important people that have been a part of this build. Mm-hmm. So free, I mean, is I was thinking earlier today. It, I, I'll even extend this to both Kimdichis. Would would either Kim Dichi be on the roster today if they had signed with either Georgia or Alabama? I I mean I'd bet anything Rick would have kicked would have yeah. would have kicked Denzel off the team by now. And Robert, you I, I, maybe maybe Robert doesn't run. Maybe well, this, I think maybe I the think Freeze Robert, but I mean right. I think Freeze has done a great job of motivating Robert this season, like avoiding that that clowny esque. You know, junior season where you kind of disappear from the stat line and just try to stay healthy. I think part of that's been the offensive thing. I think Robert totally responded to that. Um, did you see today? He's the first defensive lineman to be nominated for the the Horn the Hornig Award. I, think I that's don't what's think anybody in those awards. I mean, that, no, I'm that's... saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, playing him on offense has kept him engaged and like he just. I I think Robert really does love playing football. I think he he likes some of that early offensive stuff. He's awfully high maintenance though, and we I mean he hasn't. When was the last time he talked to the media? It's been a while. It's been a long See, time. Does that does that tell us something's up the past month? Maybe so. And, and then this is this is all speculation at this point. I'm going to fully admit this can be totally made. Oh, this up. entire show is speculation. Yeah, but this is getting this is another level. Is the team since the Alabama game has been distracted? It seems. Against Memphis and Florida, they seem distracted. And freeze and freeze body language wise was body language wise is weird. Laquan the Laquan seems like a guy like he's Laquan's the ultimate team guy, but he comes across as somewhat having to embrace somewhat of basically have instead of basically having to look after himself, and not because he wants to, because he's essentially forced to from the environment around him. I, I've gotten that sense. I don't maybe I make maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know why, but. It's like Laquan and Chad and them guys are going to go out there because they want to go improve their draft stock and show that they're back. Tunsil's the same way after his suspension. I mean, thir- right. you, th- you know, you have the Tunsil scenario, the Robert thing, and then now these guys with all this great talent, but I mean, they're not leaders when they're off the field distractions, essentially. And I don't, 
you know, then you lose. I mean, CJ was out for a while. You lose Connor, and Connor at sixty percent. He's not as nearly as effective as he was. As he was, you lose Gross, who's a key, who's a key part of the defense from an emotional standpoint. It just seems like all of it, it's like here's another set of circumstances that have come to life that really kind of show, in some ways, the the fragility of this team, which they have a lot of talent, but they also, I mean, they've in some sense wilted. Now, is LSU probably can they get up and beat LSU this weekend? I think they do because LSU, I think, is checked out even more. I think I think Ole Miss. They still have something to play for in terms of motive. I think there's still reasons for enough people to get motivated at LSU. I think that's a, that's a circus. But it's just it's interesting to think about. I mean, we were all talking, can this team win a championship this year? And they've fallen short of that goal, barring, an iron, barring, the, barring getting their act together for two weeks and Auburn pulling off an Iron Bowl miracle. Mm-hmm. But does this I – mean, I mean, do we immediately jump on freeze for underachieving – I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so because it's just been a weird season. I mean, no one thought the three games we lost would be potential losses. Even like it was Arkansas. Yes, you called that, but that was before Toledo and Texas Tech and Texas A and M and all of those Arkansas losses. Um, I, I don't, I don't know, man. The Arkansas loss is the only one that really hurt because you know losing a game to an East opponent that's on the rise on the road without Tunzel that was tough. Despite, despite everything that happened, they still had it all in front of them. And right, and that's and they healthier. fell short there. So I, I think besides the Arkansas game, Freeze has done a decent job. It's hard to say, man, because we we complain so much about uh about you know the red zone play calling and all of that and. At this point in the season, it's almost like nothing really matters. It just matters what happens the last two games. That's going to just determine if the season was a success or not. Yeah, if they beat LSU. If he goes 2-0 and right here, it's a successful season. Everybody's going to look back and be like, you know what? We got all this talented guys. They raised our status recruiting-wise. It's going to it's, it's gonna eventually benefit. Well, they could still win 10 games. I mean, that's it, that's an improvement from last year. Yeah, that's very true. And they can have a six. And two conference record, which is an which is really year. good. Yeah, and they can they can finish third in the conference or third in the West, but third Play in the conference still. Well, no, Arkansas, Arkansas is going to finish. Yeah, Arkansas is going to finish second in the West. That's the craziest thing about it. Almost finished tied for second in the West. Um, um but uh, no, I forgot. My point was going to be just like last season. You know, even with the terrible losses, when we looked back on it, you beat Alabama, you won the Egg Bowl. Um, and you got to a New Year's Six Bowl. It was still a success, even with the bad losses. And this season has a lot of the same potential to me. They're building, almost is building itself into a relevant name. Did they get there? We were thinking they could. Could they take the next step this year? Not yet. They fell short of that. But twenty seventeen, maybe. The reality is, talk about the twenty thirteen class wasn't depth wise what we, what everybody hoped it was. And you look at getting Laramie Tunsil involved handing out multiple uh, additional scholarships, including Alex Weber. Right. And I think including Z Woods, too, from what I take. That's what you think, yeah. And then uh, Robert, I mean, Denzel. Well, Denzel Zed, Zed Woods. But uh, Zed Woods. Um, Robert, who who else came? I mean, David Kamara came Yeah, over. For, for Laquan. He's, he's left right. the pro. No, Kamara came over with Kandichi. Um, 
Wait, oh, then I'm thinking about Anthony Anthony Stanford. Stanford That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's Laquan's, right? Yeah, yeah, but I don't think Laquan's never that close, and that was that was just kind of. I mean, that was. I think they were close, but then when Laquan got to Ole Miss, it was somebody Laquan knew and an reason to come to Ole Miss, and then Ole Miss took it over from there. Oh, because Stanford was a year older, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. He was a year older. Um, So yeah, no, Freeze Freeze pulled out all the stops to get that class, and and the thing about that class is, I think that I think this is where you're going with it, John. I think that class has allowed the Ole Miss brand to go to the point where we can actually recruit on a high level without having to work all these backdoor relationships and give out extra scholarships and stuff. Like, we can just recruit more legitimately now. They lead for Greg Little because they're legitimate. Well, let's talk about that, too. I mean, Greg Little was supposed to commit on Friday, first day of the playoffs for his team, um, kind of postponed without reason. The rumor was that Freeze was there at his high school that day. Um, I, not terrible news for Ole Miss. It's not like he committed to Bama or anything, but also not the good news we were hoping for or being told we were about to get. He his only official visit left is to Ole Miss. Um, Trip. I'm sure Bama put a full pledge. I mean, I, I'm sure. Sounds like my my gut. I could be wrong. I think Ole Miss leads, and Bama was able to hold off him committing because they had seen him the week before and whatnot. But I. I think he could, I think he signs with Ole Miss. He's gonna come and play left tackle immediately. Yes, does, does he want to waste? Does he want to waste a year playing? If he gets hurt playing guard, I mean that's just ridiculous. right. Right. He didn't want to do that. I mean, and he can he can come to Ole Miss, be left tackle day one. Be the guy, no questions asked, so on and so forth. So I would imagine. I mean, seventy five percent chance he ends up signing with Ole Miss is my guess, just as a gut. But if he does it, man, if he does it, we're in serious trouble. If if he slips away, like that's when we can start talking about freeze. Like losing Drew Richmond was bad enough. If he loses Greg Little this year, I don't, I don't know what the backup plan is. Yeah, free. Well, he he he's got to he's got to get five or six linemen. I mean, he's but gotta... I don't know. I mean, okay, so we're gonna get Chandler to it, Bryson Matthews, Jack to four. Like they're all good. Like bright like or Bryce Matthews. Sorry, Bryce Matthews could contribute. You think next year is he going? He might need a year, right? I mean, he uh, ideally he's the most ready of those three. Ideally, he needs a year, but he's going to be in the rotation whether he wants to or not. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy at tackle you really look to emerge for this upcoming for this next year is Givens, who's redshirting right now. I mean, who was never even recruited as a tackle. Yeah, I thought he was a tackle. No, time. no, I don't, I don't think so. I, uh, I, he was recruited he, as like a maybe, maybe, maybe so. Oh wait, no, no okay, wait, hold on. Who might? Who am I thinking of? Who played? Who played tackle early this year? That's who I'm talking about. Sorry, not, not Givens. Not, not Givens. Oh, Rawlings. I'm talking about Rawlings. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about Rawlings. Sorry. Yeah, Givens is redshirting this year. He was recruited as a tackle, but like, is I thought his size was kind of an issue. Like, isn't he pretty small? He's got. He's he's got to have a big off season. I yeah. Mean, I mean, it, no yeah. Maybe season. maybe they'll surprise us. But going into year five, John, do you really expect for all of a sudden? Our development program blows us away with the linemen it's produced. Like I, I just don't know. I mean, yes, it takes time, but I think we should have seen a little bit more production out of, you know, a Durante Bolden or a Christian Moore or something like that this year if we really were expecting them to make big steps before next season. I just don't well, know. Well, they've been they've been bust. Rawlings and, and Yeah, Sims but at some Pat- point at some Rawlings point and Sims and Patterson all look like they're gonna be contributors. Well Patterson hasn't been developed yet, he's a freshman. But at some point, a systematic bust, you have to question, you know, is it all on the players or is it also on the system? I don't know. I don't know. How well Patterson, Sims, and Rawlings play next year will go a long way towards answering that question. That's true. I think, I think he did one more year. 
Point is, though, with Greg Little is they are right there either leading or tied for the lead, essentially, with Alabama for a kid out of Allen that they really don't have any connections to. And it's because they're a big enough name on the recruiting trail to go in there. Because yeah, of Denzel, Denzel and all the, and the class that he led to. Denzel, we hope you get better soon. Get some help, man. We hope. So, yeah, Denzel I mean, definitely that, in our that's thoughts. The thing, and, and I don't – I mean, Freeze gave up a lot to acquire those guys, but I don't blame him one bit. In the long run, it helps him out. And that, I mean, the place, plan – we can look back in a few years and we'll see if it worked or not, but it was an, it was a crazy plan, like, to – to go all in and like get some well, first yeah. of all, state fans always accuse Ole Miss of trying to quote unquote win the press conference. Hugh Freeze totally does that. Like that's part of Hugh Freeze's strategy is yes. to keep the Ole Miss brand in you know the conversation by recruiting big names. He times commitment stuff like that. Um, he knows that you can make a splash on signing day and translate that over into other things. I mean, hell, we've beaten Alabama two years in a row. He understands recru- recruiting is the best thing he does, except for the the uh, he's had issues with with plan with, with having a good plan B or ca- having yeah. plan Bs come to fruition. That's but true. we'll, I mean, we'll see this. Year I just think it's it's hard because in Freeze's head, his plan B would probably be like another top one hundred kid, and you're not going to be able to play two top one hundred kids like that. Like it's just yeah. it's just too difficult if you're not Michigan or Alabama or Ohio State. Um, and those guys, when they get a commitment, they're pretty safe. Like they don't have to worry about you know what happened with Richmond last year, stuff like that. So it's it's challenging, but you know, freezes seems to be learning as he goes. And really, just to wrap up this part of the discussion, Denzel really has done so much for the program, and uh, really tragic what's uh, what's going on right now. So hopefully, things will be improving in Denzel's life soon, and hopefully, it won't affect um, his brother either. Um. So let's see. Well, well, let me real quick while we're talking. I think about freeze. Obviously, there's two games left. Two huge games left that yeah. will change perception. But what do you, what do you want to see out of freeze and from a program management standpoint going forward? I mean, well, I, I think, just think he has to he has to win the West in the next three seasons technically. But I mean, really, I'd like to see a real run. Chase sophomore year. Like he should, if, he, he should, yeah. If Shea's I mean, sophomore year could be like last season and an actual stepping stone into a championship season his junior year, yes, then I then I'm back on the freezes, you know, our savior train. Which and I, I still think Freeze is a great coach and we're lucky to have him. But, you know, he just hasn't he hasn't always he gonna be completed an eight and four guy, the going to be a guy that can win a title. And right. Good. And so the so old Miss historically 8 and 4 is good. You know, so exactly. I mean, that's the thing. That's is he? Can he? Like, we were sold on him after the 2013 recruiting class as he's going to change the expectations for Ole Miss. So that's what I expect out of him. If he's really going to be the coach that we all kind of it was it was Pollyanna. It was it was a fantasy uh, that he was going to do that, especially in his little time as he's had so far. But if if he is going to ever step into that, like you know hallowed idea of himself that we kind of created as a fan base. I think that's 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 what it's going to be. You have to win the West, and you have to change the expectation for Ole Miss away from 7-5. and five. It needs to be closer to 9-3, and 10-2. And, and the, the way to win games consistently is, is ultimately is to coach quarterbacks. And, and he's doing a good job. You know, he, he, he's he's I, only upgrading quarterbacks. He, he got a lot out of Bo Wallace. And he's getting way more out of Chad Kelly, and, and he, then he's got Shea. Like – 
I, I think the knock on Freeze we, we, and quarterbacks is unjustified. We do, yeah. We, I haven't thought about this at all until just now, but he he has done a magnificent job managing Chad Kelly. Absolutely, man. And that and is. I think I think some of that credit needs to go to Chad too. Like, yes, Freeze gave him the the, the third chance, whatever number you want to count it. The Freeze said, "This is a guy who has a personality, and a set of circumstances that I can work with." And right, I can exactly. It's a redemption story, and Freeze is all about redemption stories. And I, but I think Chad deserves some credit too because he's he's just really been laser focused all football season. Really been impressive on and off the field. So. Hugh has, I mean, there are no sure, no locks, but by he's got the closest thing to a to a lock coming in to play quarterback. Right, exactly. Chef. So he is, he has absolutely destroyed the recruiting trail. Well, he's at, he has hit home runs and all. From with, I guess, well, with, so far with two quarterbacks and but most likely a third. So if he keeps doing that, you kind of win eight games by accident. I mean, next year's schedule's tough. I, I, I expect next year to be a seven and five season. If Chad comes back, maybe they win eight or nine games. But I don't think Chad. I've said it many times. Chad, I don't, Chad, I'm stuck. don't know. I, I hear I hear different things on that. I feel like every day. Like, I would I'm, love for Chad. Chad is my favorite player. It was Trey. Now it's Chad. Yeah, no, definitely. Trey, Trey, get out of here with that. Trey. Trey's played a little bit under what he should have this season. Trey, Trey, let. Arkansas, let Brandon Allen look like freaking uh, yeah. Tom Brady. Uh, that just good grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, hold on, I'm plugging my phone in. What do we want to talk about next? We want to talk about games last week. I don't really see. Anything. Okay, sorry, I'm back. Um, yeah, so I mean, trade. Yeah, I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about safety play. It's whatever. The, the team has a real opportunity in front of them here, and motivation is always a question at this point in the season. Um, we're about to get into talking about the LSU game a little bit more and how we both think that LSU's motivation could be a big part of why Vegas seems to be very confident in Ole Miss this weekend. Um, but from a fan perspective, there's still a lot to play for because, like I said, you can improve on last season, but also you can. You can pretty much erase the losses from this season. In my, if you if you were to go two and zero or even three and zero when your bowl game, um, no one's going to be talking about Memphis in the off season. Old Miss fans might. Memphis fans, a hundred thousand percent will be. They've lost but twice no now, one, so the But no one off. else will. No one else is going to be talking about the Memphis loss. No one's going to be talking about the Arkansas loss. Next like time people will be nothing. talking about Old Miss will be draft day. And all exactly, and I, I think like even well, even the losses are better. Be the losses are better this season than last season. You didn't you didn't lose to Arkansas thirty to nothing. Nope. You didn't lose on your best player breaking breaking his ankle and fumbling into the goal line. And you didn't get beat by an LSU team that was ranked way below you and that you played better than for most of the game and, and most you just of the season. Basically, got in your own way and lost that game. No. Right. So I I I think that if Ole Miss is to finish strong, it's an improvement over last season. Like. Especially showing that if you're a dynamic quarterback like Chad Kelly, you can come in and lead the SEC in all these categories. Like, I think that's a big thing, and I think that uh, you know, surely Shea has enjoyed watching Chad run the offense this season. Like, he he knows he can come in and do this. He has he has much better touch than Chad. I don't know about the deep ball. I know I know Shea can throw it deep, but Chad Shea, Chad Shea's has got, a great deep ball. Chad Shea doesn't quite have Chad. I mean, Chad's got a can. But like I say, Shea, Shea has touch. Shea ball. has touch that Chad doesn't have. Like Chad has a lot of arm strength. Shea has, I would say, better passing vision even. So I'll be I'll be really interested to see how those skill sets translate. I just think 
it's obvious that Freeze is going to give you the offensive freedom to go out and score points. Um, like it really is just about these he's, last two he's games. Mi- he's micromanaging play calling less, which is a big thing to yeah. see. I think I'd I'd like to see you know, at least some kind of change on the defensive. I'm about to say I want to see and see this. The narrative's really changed. Like I don't want Luke to go. I don't want Werner to go. I think that they've done a good job. Second I can half go either season. way on Luke. Luke's going to stay because of uh, Greg Little relationships so. with their recruits, right? Just like we said last season. But I, I I would like to see Corey Batum be fired. I think we said that in the last episode. I tell you, I, you know, we talk about offensive line being a mess this year. I think linebackers. Are, uh, I have less faith in the linebacker position than I do the uh, offensive line next year. I, yeah, if, I, if, if they Gates, get Greg the Little, Gates I think they legit. can piece an okay line together for a mobile quarterback, a.k.a. Shay or Chad. I think linebacker Gates is a good player, but, I mean. Gates Sean, is a good player. Terry Caldwell will be in his second year removed from Juco. He's okay. Sean Curtis needs to take a step. He's physically talented. He, he was committed to Pitt until – we'll see with that one. Right. He's, I mean, he has the physical tools. I don't know if he's ever going to take he a step. He has size. I don't, we don't know if he can run. Right. Uh, they need yeah. this uh, this West Coast, like Arizona, Juco. Luftagzo, Luf whatever. See, and that's okay. So here's the problem. He, he has to come in and contribute. But here's the problem. I, he's a Batoon recruit. Like, that's, yeah, that's but, the connection. Who cares if you fire Batoon? You're going to come in and be a your starting linebacker yeah. in the SEC if you're anywhere near as good as we usually Is Isn't he like a four-star? Uh, he was a three when he committed. I think he might have been upgraded. I don't know. I think he's considered as a pretty good prospect. I mean, hell, you, you're a starting linebacker essentially today. He, I, just, him, I just yeah. typed in. I just typed in like random combinations of L, U, F, and A, and it yeah. see, it knew who I was talking about. Like that's, that's how unique his name is. Uh, he's a he's a three star on the two four seven composite. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he needs to be a contributor. Um, who else do we have a linebacker? Tarikius Tisdale. Uh, who? There were some others too. I don't even know who else we have. We committed some other linebackers early. Yeah, they, I don't know. We'll see. But let's let's talk before we move on. Let's talk about the game this weekend. I agree with you. Ole Miss has a good shot. Um, we've talked about uh, in past weeks. This especially was true for the Texas A and M game. Yeah. Uh, the 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 Vegas line trends you can mm-hmm. kind of see um, if they agree with the public and right now the public is going in on LSU and Vegas is taking their money with open arms. Um, the line moved from four and a half to six and a half today on most books. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that seventy percent of public bets are coming in on LSU, so to me that's a great sign. As we talked about, we we kind of think there's a potential that LSU is kind of quitting on the season after being ranked number two in the in the playoff just two weeks ago, uh, kind of having a uh, two tough losses back to back. But you know the other rumor we mentioned it earlier, Les Miles is rumored to be coaching for his job against Ole Miss and Texas A and M the game after that. To me, that's scary because I think Les Miles is back up against the wall is more dangerous than Les Miles when he doesn't see you coming, like in 2013 when LSU lost in Oxford. Um, so I don't know. To me, I, I'm scared, but the Vegas trends are very reassuring right now. Like Vegas is not in the business of losing money. I think this game is really simple to figure out. There's the two. Be- the best player on LSU is Fournette. The best right. player on Ole Miss is Kelly. Right. And one player has already shown the world that he's the best running back prospect since Adrian Peterson. And he can't, he can't win the Heisman anymore because of 
Well, he's lost two games, and he couldn't run against Alabama, which because, A, Cam Cameron developed the worst game plan I've ever seen, and, B, their offensive line got, I mean, got mauled. It's not, it's not his fault. So, Fournette has – there is no reason for him to care, period. I mean, if Fournette doesn't get an, make, carry the ball for another yard in college, is that going to change the way pros, scouts look at him? No. In fact, I'd rather him not play so he doesn't get hurt. He has another year still, but yeah. Yeah, but I'm like he, he he has nothing to prove. No, so, no, no definitely not. Well, he, he, he just needs to stay healthy and start his Heisman campaign again next season. He didn't. He, who cares about the Heisman? He just went go get go go stay healthy, get drafted in the top ten. Gurley got taken tenth overall and is a one of the three best backs in the NFL already. And Fournette is as good as Gurley in terms of a pro prospect. So he's like, I can get drafted in the top ten as a running back, which is hard to do these days. Yeah, if I stay healthy. So that's Fournette's focus. Chad Kelly's focus is if I go out and play against Arkansas again and then go light up State's team, which they which has a th- secondary I can throw on, I can finish the season hot. There's no great quarterback prospect. He can he can definitely improve his draft status. So if you're, Ke- I mean, and we don't, and we you know, the only thing we've identified with Kelly that's really the limitations is height, and he's not going to get taller in the next year. So. Chad, to me, is a lot more motivated to go out and prove something for him, do something beneficial for himself. Along with Laquan, wants to, I mean, I think Laquan's motivated to go keep it going. Uh, Tunsil will want to block LSU pass rush. Uh, that, to me, that all ends up to Ole Miss. The only thing that concerns you is if, the defense, yeah. is if Ole Miss doesn't get a pass rush on Harris. He's not a good quarterback, but he does have an arm. Which means he can throw it deep to Dupree and Doral, and can they beat your secondary? Potentially, yes. That is the, that's the only way. Or or can they not stop Fournette because they just get smashed up front? That's possible. But I think I think Ole Miss is good enough at stopping the run to where they can. And I think that and focus. I mean LSU's focus. I question. I really. I mean, they they have nothing left to play for in Baton Rouge. They just had their whole season went from national title team championship teams and nothing in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going on the road. We'll we'll see what happens. I think it might. I, have, I think it's supposed to be cold and wet on Saturday. I'll pull that up right now. But. Uh, yeah, people were talking rain. Uh, I'm going to be there, so I need to figure that I out. I think I saw I'm a low tomorrow. of 25 degrees. You have fun with that. 20? No, you're full of shit. Kill me. Yeah, no. It's 61 right now. There's no way. Oh my god! It says 25 on. It says 25 is the low. Hard hitting analysis right here. See, I know the weather better than you, and I live up here. Go to hell, uh, guy. In showers, it could be wet and 30 terrible. degrees in the fourth quarter of that game. I'm saying that is like. I mean, that's win- not great for Ole Miss. Yeah. It's not great for Ole Miss. But maybe it helps LSU give up more. Yeah, but it helps us. Who, who knows? Golly, that's a cold weekend. Yeah, that's miserable. I need to plan out my outfit now with multiple layers, that's for sure. Um, golly. So, yeah, I mean, really, that's my take on the whole season and the Freeze legacy, Ole Miss Athletics as a whole, and this game. Uh, if you win the next two, the season's a success. If you go 1-2, and two, you underperformed a little bit. If you go 0-2, oh it's pretty If you win the next rough. two, you look at it and you said, you know what, it could have been more, but I'm content. I don't know if I'd say success. I'd I think so. Yeah. No, I think I think if you win the next two, it's a success given where you were after the Memphis loss. Although beating Dak and Starkville would be good. On, on senior night. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if you win, I, I think if Ole Miss 
wins the Egg Bowl, it's it's just another reason Dan Mullen wants out because basically at that point, Freeze will have buried him. It'll be he, three and one know, in the series with the only win being overtime. In Mullen, Mullen is going to have a legit opportunity to bail because there's so, so many, many openings, yeah. and he's a good, he's a solid candidate. Well, he's a great rebuild too. Like he's a like he's who you want if you're trying to rebuild from the he's ground. He's done up. a good job at state. And if he got a staff with a couple of killer recruiters on it and a f- more fertile recruiting territory, I mean, if he got a school that let's be honest cared more cared about more than just beating their their, their rival hundred right. miles up the road, then he he could probably do something. You know, I think state's ex- well, I don't know. Do you, no, do you, state cares about. I mean, no, 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 no. I know. I'm saying I'm not sure if state's expectations have really held him back that much. But they definitely haven't spurned him to try harder. I he mean, never had, he, he never had the opportunity. He to go punted for- down by three scores in the fourth quarter against Bama. Like well, I just, I, I would never be happy with that out of our coach. Back healthy and go try to win the next two games. Like that game. Was but still, fun. if Freeze did that, you're telling me you wouldn't be bitching. It wouldn't matter. You wouldn't. Yo, you would though. Like think about you would. Oh. It doesn't matter. Freeze never does that. Freeze is always at least at least pretends to be trying to win, even when he's given up. Yeah. I don't know. I think that says something. I don't know. I think Mullen, because Dak's leaving, that their offensive line is terrible. And oh God, it's bad. Because because Mullen, that's, that's Mullen, something about Starkville. Their offensive line is worse than our offensive line. That, which is think about that by a good measure. I what think. is that? What, what does that tell you? That tells even you, without Tunzel, we were able to give Chad a little bit of a pocket. Like they had no such. No, it was bad. That tells me that there is a significant shortage of quality linemen in the state of Mississippi. Well, yeah, I, that the best JUCO lineman in the state is redshirting there. I mean, that's that's rough. Martinez Rankin is redshirting. I didn't realize Rankin was red. Yeah, remember we were trying to get him, and he's not even playing. Jeez. Well, we heard we heard when he committed to state. The rumor was he was worried about not getting playing time at Ole Miss, and so obviously yeah, that was accurate. Shirt, wow, that's just. Yeah. I mean, well, that's why Freeze is trying to get a guy out of Allen, Texas, to right? Because Mississippi football. offensive linemen are he, not ready just, to play in the SEC. I mean, and Mississippi linemen and running backs too. I mean. You, you think about Mississippi, you think D linemen. Yep. Wide receivers for some reason. Receivers. And I can see sec, sec, certain secondary players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just athletic. Occasionally. It's skill position and D line and no running backs. Sounds like Cooley could come in and just be dynamic off the bat. At, at tight end? Yeah. Well, you know, his coach said that he has the body of a defensive end, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, we need the depth at tight end. I just don't. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, because Jeremy Liggins has never been, you know, all in on tight end. He's a left tackle next year. They already announced that, too. Aye, aye, aye. Oh, brother. Ingram's going to come back because Ingram hasn't had a good enough year. So Ingram could be a guy that bounces back and has a better senior year. I think I'll tell you, too. Well, I think Shay. I think Shay would throw better passes to Ingram than Chad does. I I do actually agree. I agree with that. Um, I mean, they lose Laquan, huge, but the wide receiver core is going to keep on humming. Like, there's yeah, a lot of guys waiting in the wings. Yeah, I think Lodge and Jefferson are both going to be good. Lodge and Jefferson are both really good. If Drake String Davis fe- comes, yeah. he's a freak. Stringfellow is a big body. Stringfellow is a freak as well. He's going to be Laquan next year. Like he's going to be almost as good as Laquan, I think. Cody Core is talented. Um, he, he'll he graduates. Get he graduates. He graduates. Yeah. But yeah. I think he. I think Lodge and Jefferson come Quincy, in. Quincy comes back by pretty much every account. Actually, you know, Markel Pack made some catches against Arkansas. Markel Pack is really. Clutch. I he's he a clutch player. Yeah. 
Well, he's up and down. I think they play really against Arkansas. The, I, they, they will have enough people to throw to. No um, doubt, yeah. If they, they, need, they just, need to get better at offensive line. They need to recruit some running backs. They're going to be at least as good as Jalen. I mean, you still got Wilkins another year, right? He's a junior. Uh, you got Judd another year. Actually, running back might be okay next season, but you need to start they, recruiting they, your backups. They, they are not okay until they get a substantial upgrade. Swin, does Swinney do? Uh, you, really? You don't you don't like the way Judd's run the second half of the season? Judd runs because Tunsil pays makes makes. But that's but okay. Like you're just you're you're picking and choosing. Like what? Like we said, we're going to upgrade the offensive line. Judd should be fine if they were to upgrade the offensive line. Are they going to upgrade the offensive line? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If they upgrade the offensive line, the running backs are fine. But no, they're not good enough to run Wilkins with terrible blocking. Judd are not going to be suited to run behind next year's O line. It's going to one of these in front of me, either one of these freshmen are going to have to be able to give them something. That's I think that's a lot to ask. I think it is too, but we'll. See. And I think it's a lot to ask when he coming off an injury. I, next, I, I t- guess Wilkins. Next year's team is going to be seven and five, eight and four. Have all the have all the like throwing like. Yeah, probably lead out. in all the throwing categories and be terrible rushing. Yeah, pretty much. They're gonna and they're gonna be they're gonna yeah you know, hell we're gonna be Mike Leach type team essentially. That'd be funny. Uh, I don't know if we are though. You know, Freeze loves his balance. I tell you the one piece he I mean. They get little. The piece that Shea's going to be missing going for is can they find a running back that can be good enough to be on the championship? Well, championship. I mean, uh, this weekend Akeem Nix is coming, right? The the former Ohio State commit that just uh, decommitted. Uh, Kareem Walker, whatever his name is. Oh, is that did I say is Akeem Nix? I don't know who that is. Yeah, Kareem Walker. That's who I'm Akeem thinking. Nix of. is the former giant wide receiver. Okay, never. Yeah, yeah, Kareem Walker. Sorry, yeah, that guy. I mean, if you were to pull him, that would be huge. He, he's not. He's not coming all this. He's going to Michigan. Well, the first step is getting him on campus. Well, I mean, I'd be thrilled if he came. Yeah, all right. I think we I think we talked enough about football this week. Um, it is basketball season, John. I know you are pumped about that. You say let's go look at lines. But this fan. week's game slate of football games is so bad. Is yeah, let's just move on. Let's just talk about the yeah. Tell me about this uh, terrible. Yeah, so you know. It's common for Ole Miss teams to get a good bad loss on their resume early in the non-conference schedule. Last year, it was the opener. Uh, this season, it was game three, the opening game of the Gildan Charleston Classic, sponsored by ESPN. Uh, George Mason, who was sub-300 in the RPI coming into today, um, came out and I, at points, outplayed Ole Miss, but for the most part, it was just one of those fluky games where they were shooting at an extremely high percentage. Um, they finished the game 49% from the field, which is not really a realistic number, but you know, Ole Miss could have done a better job guarding. That's going to be the knock on this team is they're not very good defensively. I think Ole Miss would have won uh, if Giello or uh, Sam Finley had hit a couple of the open threes that they had. There were... That was good ball movement, I thought, from the Rebels. The, offensively, they, they looked good with the starters out there. Um, they just missed too many open shots. If, if Jello's going to be a stretch four that actually has an impact, unlike, let's say, Anthony Perez, he needs to make those looks when he gets them. And Sam Finley is a shooting guard from UC Riverside that's trying to convert uh, over to point guard. Actually, the same with JT Escobar, our other point guard. So both of our point guards are shooting guards that we're converting or attempting to. Um, but if you're a shooting guard and you're running zipper with Moody, 
and you get, you know, you throw it to Moody. That's something great that's been going on this season. Everybody knows about Moody, right? So he's being more of a decoy where he passes off for the next option, stuff like that, which is great. I love that. But when Moody passes to you and you have an open three, he didn't, he didn't just have one. Finley had probably six or seven. Um, you need to make three of those at least. Uh, it's just it, the offense just, it isn't going to work. If we're going to play small ball, we're going to have to score more than we did today. Just make more shots. Execution was good overall. Just the shots got to go in. I think our final percentage was like 31 or something like that. Just not not good at all. Maybe 29 actually. Um, and once again, not a percentage you're going to expect to see throughout the year. Tomorrow they played Towson. Probably the first game again. Probably at 11 a.m. I haven't looked at the time. Um, I expect Ole Miss to win the next two games in the tournament. Finish the weekend two and one. Um, you know, I think it's one of those games where early adversity leads to the team being better down the stretch. But what sucks is it's a it's an RPI bomb. You know, if you're gonna lose an early game, I would have rather lose uh, the last game we played, which was pretty close, um, just because it wouldn't be quite as quite as much of a blow to the RPI losing to Georgia Southern. But um, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I don't think this team is in any way out of the picture. I actually think this is a tournament team looking around the SEC this year um, at what else there is. And I think AK's teams tend to um, kind of putter through the non-conference, might pick up a, a good win or two here or there, and they'll have chances for that. Um, playing, who is it? Oh, it just slipped my mind. Um, playing UMass, I think, uh, is a good game on the schedule. Kansas Kansas State, right, but that's down the line. I think they're, they're, they're gonna they're gonna putter um, through the non-conference a little bit. That we have Bradley on there, Georgia State. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ole Miss won out in the non-conference, but I expect them to uh, to be pretty good in conference play. I, I don't think the SEC is particularly strong this year, um, and I think the SEC the last few years has had a problem with good defense across the board. Yeah, there are gonna be some teams like Kentucky and Vanderbilt this season that are really good on defense. But for the most part, I think Ole Miss is going to be able to score with just about anybody. Um, you know, we're going to run into problems when Sebastian Saiz gets into foul trouble or when he just has off nights. You know, he's really our only post player uh, that can score. He's one of our few players that's going to rebound. We, we need to do a better job team rebounding. That was really the story of the stat line against um, George Mason today. They, they, they out-rebounded by an absurd amount. That stat and then the fact that George Mason had, I think, 18 turnovers to Ole Miss's three. Like, that's just pathetic. You have to get more points off of those turnovers. The defense was – I would say the defense was creating stops. Also, George Mason was just sloppy, throwing the ball out of bounds, stuff like that. Um, really just a failure to capitalize today. You got to hope the team learns from it and moves on. But look for that game tomorrow against Tosin – Google Towson, sorry. Google's saying it's at 3.30 in the afternoon. So there you go. Um, who really knows, though? Who knows? Um, but that's, so got, my, that's my thoughts on the team early. Go ahead. So I got the box score, and I didn't see a second in this game, but George Mason's a percentage line, 40% from the field, 40% from three. Yeah. And see, that's, that's weird, throw. too. They're, they're not a three-point team. That was just an anomaly. So, I mean, was it issue? Did they just make shots? Or they yeah, that's, that's what it them? was. They were, they, were, they were making some pretty crazy shots, and I thought Ole Miss was missing open looks. And to me, that was the whole game. Ole Miss, 35% from field, 24% three. Yeah, that was ugly. Free throw. That, that needs to be up around 30. So, they're, so they lost by 15 and 16 nah. percentage points, respectively, oh, yeah. in yeah. those categories. Free throw, 77%, call it a wash. But another thing, they, they weren't, we weren't 13, getting to the free throw they, line. They we're not getting to the free throw line. Um, the turnover thing is 
I mean, that's good for Ole Miss. George Mason, it's like well, I mean, a lot of that, that was on why them. Game was only six points. Yeah, a lot of the turnovers were unforced, in my opinion. You um, said, and you, you you alluded to it. I tell you, the stat of this game that is a problem long term is defensive rebounding. Yeah, the yeah. rebounding was atrocious. And do they have anybody big inside, or is it just? I mean, what, what was the issue there for Ole Miss? Yep. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah. I think give me about fifteen on the boards. I think it was a hustle thing. Uh, there were there were a lot of plays where it seemed like once the shot was up, Ole Miss kind of relaxed a little bit. And also, I I don't think Andy's figured out the rotation yet. Um, he was doing a lot of platooning, which I think is okay in a preseason game. You're trying to see what you have. But in this game where you're trying to play into opportunities, first of all, you're trying to avoid an RPI bomb. And second of all, you're trying to play into the opportunity to get RPI games uh, against teams like OSU and UVA. I think you kind of, I think he played the second team as a whole uh, a little bit too much. Um, And those guys just aren't ready yet. Guys like Terrence Davis. uh, Marcanvis Hyman is making strides, but he's still only a sophomore. He still has ways to go and I've I've been kind of disappointed so far in Newby he's made some big defensive plays but he's a senior like Martavius Newby needs to be better this year than he's ever been before and he was pretty good last season especially on defense like it, it, it's his job solely to make sure the other team doesn't shoot 40 percent from three yeah exactly and that's basically his number one role in this team exactly and some of that was uh they 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 moved the ball really well um as well, they were getting it over in the corner. They were getting us out of position in the zones and the switches and all that. Um, you know, really, they played a great game. I think their RPI might be a little bit better by year's end. They, they've lost twice so far on the season. Not good losses. Um, but if they play like they played today, they'll win some more. Because they have a, a very talented big man in the post. Uh, and they have a couple players that can hit threes. But besides that... Um, I thought the story of the day was was Ole Miss's failure to make open shots. Uh, and and also, I thought there was a lot of inconsistency in the way the game was called. I thought it was very different from the way the first two games had been called for Ole Miss, where, you know, any any kind of touching and you're going to the free throw line. In this game, they weren't even calling, like, contact shooting fouls. So I didn't really... I didn't really comprehend what – and it's, it wasn't just against Ole Miss. They really were letting them play both ways. But Ole Miss is a finesse team with a high percentage from the free throw line, if they can't get their attempts in, you know, that really hurts their average scoring. Ole Miss wants to shoot free throws. How times have changed. Exactly. And, yeah, exactly. It's, but, it's very but, but true. But in all seriousness, the way the, – the, the, the problem with college basketball, the reason why people are sour on it until the tournament, until the tournament starts is because the, the officiating is so bad and such a big part of the game. Let's mm-hmm. just be honest here. Yeah, it's not good. And, and people watch the tournament because they fill out brackets at work and it's gambling. That's the only people well, they get watch to watch basketball at work it's because that, it's, it's that not. Too. It's not a quality product. It's just something that is structured to be entertaining. Well, I think I. I I agree that basketball isn't quality, but a 64 team uh, loser go home tournament is a fun product. I mean, it's a, it's a the, great concept. Right. The concept is great. Every game, someone's getting sent home. People love that. It's like Survivor. Yeah. But I agree that the actual basketball 
Not so great. I like I like the rule changes this year. I I want the freedom of movement. I want the shorter shot clock because I want more offense. But the shot clock is it down to thirty? Yeah, it's from it was from thirty five down to thirty. And Ole Miss defense played well and got them down under five seconds a lot in the shot clock. But they were making some of those shots at the end of the shot clock too. That's why I and and also in the second half, um, George Mason ran the shot clock out pretty much every possession that they didn't have a turnover on. So they were really trying to shorten that game, um, and we know Ole Miss is terrible against time of possession offenses. You yeah. get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? That was an Arkansas reference. It was about football. Oh, well, I, okay. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to forget it. It's okay. Um, but, yeah, that was really the story. Look for Ole Miss uh, tomorrow if you're listening to this on Thursday or uh, listening to it later than that. Sunday, I think, is when the last games of the tournament are. Ole Miss is going to be playing somebody. That's – this is one of those round robin tournaments where everybody gets to play three games, but who knows what kind of quality opponents they'll be facing. Um, John, did you want to do you want to add anything this week? We didn't really look around the league much, but I mean, nothing happened outside of Arkansas beating LSU this and is, beating State. We talked about both those games. Yeah, and everybody's already thought of that. This week's slate of games is so awful. I mean, State. State goes to Arkansas. That's kind of inter- that could be interesting. I'd, I'd watch that, but I'll be in Oxford, so I won't be able to. But I think I think Arkansas wins that one. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's, that's uh, pretty much really all. I got. Have a score prediction for Saturday. Ooh, score prediction! I hate score predictions. Um, I think Ole Miss wins. I'll say they cover. I'm not going to give you a score prediction, but I'll say they cover six point five. I'd be surprised if it was a low-scoring game. Yeah, I think why well, I think Ole Miss at least is going to score twenty-eight. Is my opinion, and I think LSU will score around twenty-one at least. Would be my opinion. I think Ole Miss. I mean, it feels like Ole Miss scores in the mid, low to mid thirties, and LSU's like in the high twenties. I mean, the Ole Miss offense is clicking right now. I mean, I I think that they're going to have a good day on Saturday. The question's going to be. What does LSU do after two losses? How much do they really change that offense? You know, they've talked about it. Something people haven't mentioned, and we'll end on this, but, um, you know, Fournette's fullback that he ran behind all year is injured now. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so a lot of people haven't talked about that, but the backup fullback was running in front of him at Alabama. Um, and then after that, you know. That's a huge part of their offense. Right, and after team. that, in the Arkansas game, they stopped running the I formation, and they ran – one back set out of the shotgun. I think it's uh, because that fullback is that's, out. That's I was I have not I didn't pay enough attention. Yeah, so to, I, I think that, that's that, huge. That really changes the way Fournette runs. He likes to run downhill behind a fullback. It's a lot easier than when you're just trying to open up the hole like that. Um, so that'll be something to watch for. Let's uh, you know basically see if Fournette gets it back together and puts up 230 yards. Looks like a Heisman contender again, or see if it's kind of the same as it has been the last two weeks. That'll be something to watch for for sure. Um, and then I think the almost all is a good day. So those are my things uh, to watch for. Feels like if one team blows out the other, Ole Miss blows out LSU. I think so too. I think it's a close game. If LSU I think wins. Ole Miss is on the verge of blowing them out, but they it's six rounds of close game just because Ole Miss the Ole Miss defense can't defense hold up the whole can't, time. Yeah. Can't get, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised so, at all if you told me Fournette busted a seventy yard run in the fourth quarter that didn't matter. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Because I, I think the defense is going to have trouble. At some point during the game, busted a long run. Well, I think I it would have a bigger impact in the first half. But if you told me Fournette was bottled up most of the game and then kind of got going late because the defense like he got was 140 tired. yards, but it was off like – Right, it was kind of like Amari Cooper eight, in Oxford last year. Thing. I mean, I could yeah. see that. Yeah, that, that, that wouldn't surprise me. I think the defense is going to get tired. But 
I think the offense should be able to win it for the Rebs. So Vegas agrees with me. That's always a good sign. Um, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it every single week. Um, by now, I think you know where to find us on social media. Subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. Um, I assume you have because you're listening and we're almost done with the podcast. You're probably listening on iTunes. So um, thanks again, folks. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking next week about finishing even stronger winning in Starkville, which is always a fun thing to talk about. But uh, we'll talk to you all again in a few days. here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VGW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus